Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shia Ghoul itself. This is a dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Are you excited? Uh, no. Okay, you're not allowed to do that. no this is this is fun let's start of something new we you and i come from a little bit different backgrounds in wheel of time but i mean it's fun this is fun too because we we're friends from a different a a different thing like we've never met in person or anything we we both play a mobile game Mm -hmm. together uh, like that's how we met but we're both interested in doing this wheel of time podcast and so uh it's I'm, I am excited. I was lying earlier. I, I'm, not pr- I, I'm not prone to untruths, but, you know. I knew you were lying, so it's fine. I'll forgive you. That's good. As long as you <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is exciting. So, I mean, you you said it. We have different backgrounds here. And, yeah. We do. So what, what's your Wheel of Time background? What's, what, what made you want to do a Wheel of Time podcast? Um, well, you told me to read the books and I made the mistake of listening to you. That's usually a mistake, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so my background, I've only, I've l- just finished the first book. So I know nothing. You're, so you're Jon Snow. I'm Jon Snow. And uh, yeah, I know a little bit. Like, I, I think I know enough to grasp maybe where this could possibly be headed. Probably not. Um, but yeah, and you have read it how many times? I, I hate that phrase reddit because it reminds me of the of reddit like the the, the, the dumpster fire you know what i bet the i bet that the wheel of time reddit is cool i have no idea actually but the the one that for the game that you and i play the mobile game is, is pretty toxic so i stay away yeah. that being said yeah i i definitely i have read all of the books i've always been a pretty big fan i've, I've never been a guy who who just like I don't get into all the weird theory craft. Weird isn't the right word, but I don't get into like the really deep theory craft. Like the the people who who like read all the stuff and they're like, oh, I'm gonna extrapolate this from this and this and this. Like I remember I, I love one of the one of the biggest threads that I read uh, way back in the day. Like people were debating who the best blade master was out of all these different characters using textual evidence. And 
Uh, and then it, it was funny because the books were still ongoing and mm-hmm. the, the debate was actually in some ways settled. And I can't I can't really tell you much about that. But uh, <laughs> other than other than I just thought it was funny. And those most people's conclusions were just super wrong. But I've never been one to get like as that into it. That being said, I I am so excited for the show. And I am I've always really liked the the books are so engrossing like it, it it's it's always been a big part of my life ever since high school really so did you did you read them for the first time in high school I did I remember I started um I was on vacation it was summer break with I was visiting my grandma there's not much going on at her house ever so I remember I started it and I, I thought that the first lines were so cool. Like there's no, there's no, there's neither beginnings nor endings to the wheel of time. Mm-hmm. It was a beginning. Like I, I remember just like, Oh my gosh, this, that's amazing. Like I just, I literally, I just stopped and I, I like ran over and showed my mom. Like I, you know, that sounds really lame. I'm like, yeah. Hey. I, so I told my mom, <laughs> naturally I told my mom, but <laughs> But I, I was, you know, I have, a, I have a whole history of, you know, we used to read things together all the time out loud and stuff, uh, which I'm sure we'll probably eventually talk about at some point in this podcast. But yeah, I, it, it gripped me from the very start. And I just, it's, it's been such an important thing. When I heard they were making a show, I, I was, I was, I was actually like scared. I was, I was almost mad in a way, like, yeah, what if, what if they ruin it? which they might, they might, we don't know yet, actually, but um, they didn't, they haven't ruined the books. The books are still amazing. So yeah, so, yeah. I, I have more to say about it, I guess, than you. Yeah. I, I, you have, you have more knowledge than me. Yeah. So I, I guess for our listeners, I, I really do enjoy talking about wheel of time. I, I've always been a big fan. Don't, don't expect me to, you know, like the, this, maybe eventually we'll get into like this really deep analysis and stuff and start, start really getting into the text, like really digging in Uh, maybe, but right now what I'm really focused on, what I'm really interested in is looking at the show and the books and kind of like how they're adapting the two to each Mm -hmm. other and, and just rediscovering. I think this is my fourth read through, uh, you know, right now I just got to book three, the start of book three, and, and now I'm going to wait for Sarah here. <laughs> no, no pressure on me to catch up. No, no, no pressure at all, but hurry up, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad that you said that that's what you're looking forward to, because what I'm really excited about is knowing your thoughts on the series like the book series versus the TV series. Right. And I, I'll know enough to, to be able to compare and contrast most of that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I know most, most of the major plot points. I just, if you're going to ask, like, you'll see as it continues on, there's going to be different minor characters and point of view characters that like he, he just introduces and then we never see again, or we just see like the mentioned and people will, create an entire like you can create like an entire timeline of what that character is doing if you're really super into it and I, I've never never been as focused as that I'm I guess you would you could say like I'm on the 
like I'm on the casual fan spectrum, but I'm like at the very edge, like on the brink of jumping into like more hardcore fandom, like, you know, more, I'm excited about it. I don't know that I could go on a, you know, on a, a binge of trying to figure out what this minor character has done for, you know, three, the three years that this book encompasses or the series encompasses, whatever. Right. So anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm excited by it. We'll see how this, where this goes. I think that, you know, we have a few different segments that we want to kind of uh, fragment this podcast into. So, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't, we don't want it to be all about the show. We don't want it to be all about the books. We're, I think we're going to slowly be going through the books. Like we'll be discussing the next segment of the book each time is like, that, that sounds about accurate, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is fair to say that at some point, I mean, obviously we don't know yet. The show isn't out yet, but at some point the show is going to pass me theoretically maybe not maybe i'll finish the series before the show passes me and i won't have any spoilers well so i mean we're doing this we're we're getting engaged with fans so guys we are we are going to make a discord server and all of that you know stay tuned for, for all of that but uh i mean you inevitably will be spoiled on some points i'm sure yeah but i I will say that I'm pretty good at not spoiling at least major plot points. Like there, it may be really difficult for me to contain the fact that so-and-so character is still alive in book eight or whatever. (laughs) Thank you for that one. (laughs) Whatever. I didn't spoil that. I'm sure you asked me. Uh, I think I voiced my opinion on that character. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how it started. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's in the past. So we're <laughs> so here's here's the thing though. I, I think I'm pretty good at in general. Like there there are some pretty big spoilers, obviously, in the show and or the the books, the series, I should say. And I think I think I can avoid that. I mean, in general, we're probably at the start of toward the start of the cast, just say going to say, like, okay, we're we're going to be discussing stuff. It's going to have spoilers up to this point. Right. Uh, which is basically where you're at in the in the books. Right. So, so we're not going past book one today. Right. Well, we're not even getting, we're not right. even going to go past like Winter's Night, I think is probably where we're going to uh, like finish it. Yeah, we're going to call it. Um, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Like, you know our backgrounds. We we could we could tell people that we both each have a podcast for the the game that we play and all that. Yeah, so we are we not new. To. We're not new to podcasting. We're new to podcasting no. with each other. New ish. Yeah, we you and I have been on the same episode once. In like we we made the yeah. same the same podcast once. One time. It was really super engrossing. Oh, my favorite topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really, no, it, it was fun. I mean, and that was, that collaboration, honestly, that was the reason why we wanted, it, eventually it led to us wanting to make our own podcast about this. So uh, in a way, it, you know, I think, I think the, that went really well. I think this will go well. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not new to podcasting. 
I wouldn't say that we've been doing it forever. How, how old is your podcast, Sarah? Um, it is three years old. And you were there from the start-ish, from, right? From the start-ish, yeah, like two months into it. Three years, that's awesome. Yeah, how old How old's yours? Two? Gambit, Gambit is, yeah, we passed two a couple months ago. I, I was going to say, so. I feel like I just saw that you passed two. Yeah, we're pretty fancy. I think we just finished episode 113 or something like that. And we've done it most weeks, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, that, yeah, we're so we're fancy. It is basically what we're saying. <laughs> and fancy-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you want to talk about the show a little bit? I mean, yeah, the trailers that we've seen so far. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's actually been a lot of a lot of really good footage uh, mm-hmm. that, that has come out. So what? Let's see. You you've seen you've seen the the teaser trailer and the the official trailer, right? Yeah. Which yeah. that always cracks me up. They're like the teaser trailer and the, I know they're, they're like the same length. It's, like, it's it's the same thing. I don't I, I don't know. It's I'm sure there is a difference that I don't know enough about. To well, be I mean, like they, they, they do narratively. They they kind of tell a different story. Like one of them, it, it I guess I guess the teaser is kind of like look at all these like it hints at all these greater things, and then the other one, the theatrical or the the right um, official trailer talks about like the big the bigger picture of you know is Moraine swearing the the three oaths which isn't actually in the first book really not not it's kind of referenced a little bit but Mm -hmm. yeah so so I've seen those two and I've seen um the clip that you sent me of her arriving in Emonsfield oh yeah yeah the at the the inn the wine spring inn right Mm -hmm. So I've seen those three, um, which that clip, can I say, of her arriving at the inn, literally sent a shiver down my spine when she walked in. Like a like a physical shiver went down my spine. A physical one. A like physical you could, one. You could like pick it up like that. Yeah, I could. Okay. I have that superpower. I don't know what you would do with one of those, frankly, <laughs> but that's... <laughs> that's cool though i guess (laughs) it was a shiver so yeah i I mean that's not the superpower most people wish for but you gotta make the most of it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um yeah so clearly i'm excited for moraine i think i really like moraine In, in in the books and the the show lo- looks like, I mean, the cast looks really great, actually. I mean, it's so interesting because I, I have the perspective of, of all these different characters from, I mean, years worth of experiencing this series and talking about it with other people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the casting, frankly, has was just nailed on every level. Like, I, there hasn't really been someone that I was like, eh, I don't know if I choose choose him. Like, there are certain characters we haven't even seen yet. Like, we don't know maybe maybe we have loyal I've, i haven't kept up on all the the latest news actually i, I just want to kind of want to watch the show and then we'll get super into the details on it but mm-hmm. like I, I don't know if we have loyal yet i don't know how you would 
cast for that anyways frankly you're like oh i, I think tom hanks would make a good ogier i, I don't know but, oh I mean, man I don't, that I don't would really be so would. cool <laughs> you don't think you would i'm like that would be great well he's, he's super short so i feel like that just wouldn't work oh i bet you could fix that and you know camera angles some special effects i'm sure you could but i'm not interested fair i don't i don't care about tom hanks but that's you know I, he's actually fine we i think go. i'm mixing mixing some people up here but anyways <laughs> i'm thinking of tom cruise is what i'm thinking of oh yeah no 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 tom, no. tom, tom hanks, hanks tom hanks would be fine actually yeah he'd he'd actually be he's got the goal the whole slow speech going too because he exactly. did forrest gump so exactly yeah oh that would be great um no, sorry not that they would do that i i don't know i i feel like i feel like i i'm going to be woefully unprepared for like the discussion on cinematography and all of the things that go into making a show like i'm like yeah i like that show that was pretty sweet like I'll, I'll <laughs> <And> that's it <laughs> Well, and I'm I'm doing a super good job of sh- of selling our our podcast here on on the pilot, but I uh, mean, this is where we can balance each other out because I work in TV in the real world, so I have a little bit of knowledge there. Oh, that's true, and and to be fair, like I I'm pretty good with with all of the literature stuff. I have a my undergrad is in English literature, so I. I could do textual analysis and argumentation pretty well. I think we can. Yeah. Just don't we, argue with me. Well, I mean, don't, I, I will until you, uh, you know, become really challenging to argue with. Once you start, <laughs> once you start presenting good <laughs> arguments, then, then maybe I'll try to stay away from it. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask before we derailed ourselves, have you, I mean, I guess you, have you, like dived into the casting because I haven't I haven't looked at anything in depth really because I've been really scared about spoiling myself um well one really big development that I I discovered is in in the first season we're gonna have a different Matt than in season two for whatever reason the actor for Matt is different there's no details that I could see I I looked all over the place when I first heard about it he we just have a new cat. We have a new character, a new actor, I should say. And hmm. he, he seems like he's well casted, like looking, looking at his past work and his, what he looks like. I, I think he'll fit in well, but uh, clearly he's going to look different than the other one. So that's interesting. It is. It's, it's a little bit like, why did you quit? Like, are we going to, should we expect other people to quit as well? Maybe it's just like a casting thing that he was signed for another project and couldn't get released from it or something. Right. There, there's like no details. And you, you would think that if they ended on like really amicable terms, he would say like, hey, I just can't fulfill my contract or my obligations. Mm-hmm. I, I love Wheel of Time. And, you know, we're this is a good opportunity for someone else to step in. Instead, it's just totally silent, radio silence. And you have to wonder if it's like he's super pissed and he's just contractually obligated to keep his mouth shut about it. He might not just like, I mean, I'm just theorizing, whatever. That's not a word, Um, but it is. (laughs) 
Um, but like, he might not be able to say anything because if he is, you know, working on something else that wouldn't release him for it, if he says anything that could be, you know, perceived to be negative about that project and he's burned that bridge and it could potentially make his job, you know, less than stellar. Right. Uh, like you, you have to think that the total radio silence is either him just like following the contract, mm-hmm. the some contract of, of some sort, or it's, uh, there has to be a reason for it. Like most, most of the time there's some kind of, there's not even, there's, there's been no hints that I've seen. And granted, I, I haven't paid the most attention to it, frankly, because I, you know, I pay attention. I'm a content creator for a different thing. So, you know, we gotta... you, you, you pay attention to that. Uh, so what um, you're saying is I, I need to deep dive into this. <laughs> this was, this was a, an informal way of assigning you that, that kind of task. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I get homework. Great. Thank you. It's good. <laughs> and I don't. It's good. <laughs> um, yeah. Any other bits of the trailers that you thought were teaser trailer trailer whichever yeah so i mean i, I have thoughts on all the, all this stuff obviously like there's there's a lot of exciting things there's a lot of things that are changing i mean uh, what i i'm so interested to see how they're going to do things so so for instance uh elaine ends up being a an important part of some of the series at least i, mm-hmm. I won't say how much but she she only gets a small part of book one and, but she is in book one in a somewhat important role. She's not in the first season, though. She was, she's was she been casted in the second season, though. And it, it seems like she looks like Elaine would look and everything. But, I mean, that, that means that the other characters who interact with her and everything in the book are going to be doing something totally different in the movie, or the movie, the show. Right. So, so seeing some of the other changes, like the way the way gate is going to look is pretty different than they describe in the book. And, and I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm pretty much fine with all the changes, but that like the way they talk about how the power looks when like, I guess they don't really talk about it in, in the first book, but like eventually there's, there's a lot of color involved in all the different elements and stuff that they're channeling. And so uh, to see only white, and now we, we're starting to see a little bit of black, I guess, in the, the most recent trailer, uh, but that that's surrounding a man who's channeling, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, like, I'm interested to see if that's all just like flows of air that we're seeing in, it, you know, it, the, the ones that we've seen in the trailer, or if we're going to get... If, if it's going to be just the total power, because there's, there's, there's a part where someone's getting healed, it looks like, and mm-hmm. that usually requires multiple strands from different types of, you know, from fire, or, you know, spirit or whatever. And I, I want to see, I want to see if channeling, like if, if it looks different long-term, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm glad that they have a visual representation of channeling. Um, I want to see Lan destroying noobs that'll be super awesome (laughs) yeah um i so the teaser trailer um genuine so i watched the teaser trailer i should clarify this i watched the teaser trailer before i read the book um and the teaser trailer confused 
me to no end because it doesn't, it's like what you said, there's no real, real um, overall story that's kind of, or plot point that's kind of explained. It's just a bunch of like different bits. It looked great. And I was like, I'll probably like this, but I had no idea what I was actually seeing. I had no idea who was important and what shots I was seeing. So I went back and watched it afterwards um, after I read the first book and it still was kind of fuzzy. I think the actual official trailer was way, way, um, it it just like, I feel like it just gripped me more. Like it just portrayed the story better. And I mean, you'd already read by, by, by that time you'd read the first book. I think also though, my, I'm biased here because the book really hooked me when Moraine showed up and the actual trailer is so focused on Moraine and what she's doing and what her Mm -hmm. goal is. So maybe I'm biased because I already really enjoy her aspect of the book. So I would theoretically be pulled towards that in the trailer. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think it's a very it's very interesting because the books don't like so Moraine is obviously important in the in the you know those books and uh, I don't know if I would say that the emphasis of the books is more on the you know it, it's almost all from Rand's point of view yeah absolutely uh, you know, and, and then some from Perrin when he splits off from from Rand but mm-hmm. otherwise I think that. Uh, like the the emphasis is on on the males for the most part and uh, Moraine just happens to be in a way she's kind of just a force of nature in all those books like you know Mm -hmm. she's this otherworldly you know wise person who knows way more than than any of the Evans fielders but in the end she's we don't we don't really know much about her motivations we don't know nearly like she's not as much of a person kind of as the villagers in a way like she's just she's just like beyond them to, to such a degree that she. Right. I mean, it, it's like, it's like someone, if you made a movie about a bunch of like religious folk and it's like, you know, we, we taught, we see what they do and how they interact, you know, according to the precepts of whatever religion they have, but then we don't actually see like God, like God is too high above, you know, right. like, who knows what his motivations are. And she's, she's kind of in a way like, filling that role for them like she's just hey you you need to do this I'm pushing you toward it yeah and I do agree with that but I think like when she arrived and just her interactions in the in the book um she has this really strong presence like it is a massive aura that you can just feel um and I think that's part of the reason why I was so drawn to her. Also, like for me, I've, I just haven't read a lot of books. Like it was very obvious to me that Rand is like the beacon. Like he is the chosen one, the one like, et cetera, et cetera. It's very, it's very obvious from the beginning that this is Rand. Um, and I feel like I've always read books where it is about it does have like the male focus it's the male character and it's the male sidekick and there isn't a lot of um like really strong female characters so for her to come in and have that really strong presence 
was really refreshing for me. And that's where I was like, okay, this is really captivating. Like that, that's what hooked me. And I, I like that too. Like having that equal representation. It's like in star Wars that Mm -hmm. like Leia is the only woman in star Wars kind of in the whole galaxy kind of, you know, at least in the original trilogy and you know, like they diversify and whatever we don't, this isn't about star Wars, but there there's that lack of, you know, like, Okay, Leia's Leia's very capable, and I guess if every female in that galaxy was as capable as her, like things would be very different. But it like only the men are really worth anything. It's kind of the message it sends. In this, it's like, and and they they say it in the first in that teaser trailer, like the women hold the power. They're yeah. the powerful ones, and I love that they shifted the focus to Moraine, and she's still going to be really powerful. I think. I think they're going to humanize her a lot more. I, I'm, I'm excited to see the human side because she, she's not she's not some other creature. She, she's human who mm-hmm. just happens to have these powers. And but beyond that, she's also like she's got that huge presence without even having to use the power. Right. And right. I, I think that's one of my favorite things about this series is seeing people. Like, so the, the, the one power is obviously, you know, it, it's powerful. It's, it's good. The people who have it, you know, they, they are, they're going to be capable just by the fact that they have access to it. But being able to see people act without that power and still be capable, that, that's always been my favorite. Like the, the old EU books for Star Wars, especially, I mean, obviously I'm a Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. but like seeing, like it becomes the focus on all those old books is, like the Jedi order is getting bigger and all that, you know, the, the non-canon stuff, the stuff that's not canon anymore. Like it's a big Jedi thing. And yet the whole way along the way, Han Solo is still finding ways to be relevant, even amidst all these force users and being able to see like the power as a, as a way to like, if you don't have the power, what, what do you do? It's fun to see like, so Moraine's presence isn't just because she has the power, it's also because she has grown really powerful as a, an individual as well. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I love to see, you're right. Like, I, I wanna see, I wanna see how she, she progresses for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah, I love that they're focusing more on her. Um, I, I think that the, the thing that, oh my gosh, so, so book one, you you kind of start, you get an inkling that you're not going to really like white folks. Um, and, <laughs> it's a small and, one. And uh, oh my gosh, like the the part where it, in the the official trailer where he is burning, uh, like a white cloak is burning an Aes Sedai and taking her ring is yeah. so disturbing. Yeah. And I mean, I... I mean, I've only read, I only read obviously the first one. So I don't recall that happening in the first one. Right. Well, I mean, so, so the two groups do definitely have some interactions that like conflict interactions, but there is, I don't think there's a time that an Aes Sedai is ever burned by a white cloak. So that's, that's new. Like, right. Like the white cloaks call the Aes Sedai the Tarvalon witches, mm-hmm. so it's a small step to think like maybe they would burn them. You know, like that's that seems like maybe they would, but 
it, it was pretty disturbing. And like he keeps the ring as a trophy. I, I'm I'm almost just dreading how much I'm gonna hate them, frankly. Do you think that like it'll be dialed up more than what you expect because of that? Like I don't I don't know what to expect from them. Like I know based off book one that I'm like, oh, these guys seem kind of skeezy and I don't love them. Um well, so so from the very beginning, they they make the distinction like the white cloaks don't like the use of the power, the one power, mm-hmm. and so obviously like if anyone uses the one power, then it's like usurping the power of the creator is kind of what their their whole thought is. So uh, like anyone who uses that power is clearly a dark friend, and that's kind of where the basis of the children of the light is, and so they don't have the power, and the women do. So it's pretty lopsided in, in terms of that. And so I, I'm I'm very interested to see how they're able to even get a live Aes Sedai to burn. Like, it, usually in the book, they talk about, like, assassinating them, like shooting them from the dark. Oh, okay. Like, from, from the shadows. Like, an arrow, an arrow from the shadows, I think, is something they reference quite a bit throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Of, like, that's, that's how they kill Aes Sedai. They don't, it's not like usually the you know like head-on conflict so i mean i guess maybe a nice that i could be walking through some town and a white cloak just like cautious them over the head or something but... <laughs> just takes them and ties yeah, they're them like, up. yeah and they're like please don't wake up and start channeling on me before you know, <laughs> before i get you to your burning location oh oh this just got dark uh- <laughs> Which is ironic because there's burning involved, which is, you know, light. And it's about the light, children of the light. So, yeah. yeah. White cloaks. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's also uh, the white cloak, the white cloak uniform, like they, they're very fitting the way they look. Mm-hmm. They're also a little different how, than how I pictured it. So I don't know, but they've made good decisions so far. Like visually, it's been very impressive. We still don't know how the acting is really like a couple interactions. It doesn't really tell us much, but right. uh, I'm, I'm afraid of how much I'm going to hate white cloaks though. Like I, I hope it's not going to like, yeah, like take see. away from the whole experience of the show. Almost. Yeah. I mean, or, or like we'll hate them a lot and then they'll just, yeah. I keep wanting to do Star Wars parallels, but I'll, I'll, I'll refrain this time. <laughs> You're good. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, we'll see how it goes. There, there's clearly a lot of interactions going on. It'll also be interesting, like, the whole series, t- it has a ton of different politics. Like, once you hit a certain point, you're talking, you know, the, the Aes Sedai are meddling, and all the different monarchs, and all the different major actors and players, and the Children of the Light, and, you know, there's the, there's other outside forces, and, the, you know, of course, then there's the Dark One, and all of his forces, and, you know, it's not like humans are a united front, it's like, how are they going to all get ready for this cataclysmic event of the dark one coming? And like, why can't anyone agree on that? On how to, how to like, can't you just all just put your shoulders together and go attack the dark one? Like it's, it's not that easy. Right. Like work as a team, common goal. Right. But, but if you're, you're like, okay, so, so the children of the light, like they're not necessarily like dark friends. They're not like bad. Not all of them are bad. They just, specific they have a specific ideology that 
also includes like so they they would fight the dark one readily like a lot of the white, white folks would at least uh but they also see the Aes Sedai as minions of the Dark One. And so how are the Aes Sedai and Children of the Light going to participate in, you know, this in this fight against the Dark when they're also fighting against each other? Right. Yeah. So you can't really coordinate and come together for a common goal here. Unless certain events happen, which maybe they do, maybe they don't, but like it's... That, that's what's interesting to be in the books. Like it's this whole huge, I mean, there's there's 14 books, 15 if you count the, the prequel book. Uh, and it's all about these different major actors getting together and trying to, you know, prepare for, for you know, the dark one, trying to, trying to get on the same page. Yeah. Or not. And failing. Yeah. If so, I read all 14 books to find out this was a failure, I'm going to be so mad at you. Well, <laughs> I hope, I guess we'll see in like five years, you know. <laughs> we'll see if you follow through <laughs> or if you have to. I don't know. Or if I have to follow through. Oh, man. All right. Um, was there anything else you wanted to point out about the trailers? I feel like you would notice more things in the trailers than me. I mean, there's a ton to be excited about. I don't know that a one hour podcast is going to be able to, I bet I could ramble about the trailers for over an hour just on my own. So I'm excited. I think that visually it's very cool. The acting seem, or the actors seem really well, well, uh, Cast. cast yeah and i hope that they're good actors i think they, they've done a great job of hyping it i just hope that it actually pays off i think they have like they're planning eight seasons they've already f- started filming the second one so that that's a good sign right like if they thought yeah. it was potentially garbage they might wait to see how, it's, how well it's received like the fact that they're already spending money on the second season shows that that they have at least a decent amount of faith in it yeah they they expect it to do well so yeah i'm really excited to track moraine's progress as well throughout this Mm -hmm. series and see how she's portrayed Mm -hmm. and see what your thoughts are so and compare it to the to my thoughts on the book don't don't give me that look because (laughs) (laughs) just makes me curious uh uh yeah no it's gonna be good i'm excited for it yeah, I, I think it'll be great. Um, yeah, there, there's so much. And we're not that far away from the first episode. I think we've got like 20 days or so to the yeah, first episode. You're right, because it's November 19th. It's a Friday. Yeah, gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. It's going to be great, though. Um, so, okay, what... So we, we talked about we talked about the show a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, you know. That's it's kind of our first segment and everything. Um, what do you think? Should we start talking about the book a little bit about the yeah. Dragon Mount and the Winter's Night and everything? Yeah. So, can I dive in with like my first observation? Yeah. So Which, this is this is the the prologue. Yeah, and it's not really like an observation. It's just something that I've noticed that I'm going to have to like really um pay attention to 
because I'm listening to them on audible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I'm missing out on maybe some of like the particular, um, like spelling or capitalization, or even like in, in the prologue in Dragon Mount, they call him Kinslayer. And I heard Kingslayer, which is vastly oh. different. Um, yeah. So I was like, Kingslayer, that's interesting. And then I like stopped and thought about it and went back and listened to the prologue. And then I read about the prologue and I was like, oh, it's Kin Slayer. So that was my first observation was there, there is a lot of um, just like wordplay and capitalization of words that I don't know or um, just things like that, that I think I'm going to have to pay attention to or learn about after the fact. But yeah, all, all of our pronunciation is going to be based on how they pronounce it in the audiobooks. Because, yeah, uh, I mean, when I first read it, I, I physically read the series, and like we, we, everyone called her Edwin, Edwin, like Egwene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no D there for it to be Edwin, is there? No, but uh, but there's a G, like Egwene, Edge, like you could. You could I think it's plausible. I can, That's how I can we follow. It. I can follow. Uh, but like Nynaeve, like we, I think I pronounced it like Nineveh or something like that. Right. I think, I think when my mom tried to read it, she called her Nineveh, which is wrong. That was false. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that was, that's something that I've definitely noticed. It's not major, but I, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried it's going to cause a problem for me down the road. I think that's fair. I think that what you gain more than you you gain more than you lose because the thing is the the books are incredibly detailed and it can mm-hmm. be at least for me I was always tempted to just kind of try to skip a lot of the descriptions but a lot of those descriptions are incredibly important mm-hmm. and it, for me at least if I'm if I'm listening it's not nearly as much of an onerous task to kind of just like listen right. to to the descriptions and stuff cuz you can't you can't really like oh let's just skip 30 seconds i guess and hope i didn't miss a major plot point so you just listen to it and it, like it if you just kind of if you're just chill about it you, you're going to actually gain a lot more than if you're just like reading it and feeling impatient you get distracted and you know yeah yep absolutely so um that was the first bit but anyway but the actual plot of dragon mount i thought was very uh interesting super dark oh it is it really is like zero to 100 right away you're just diving into how dark this could possibly be right well and there's there's a lot of references to different things in that that are Mm -hmm. like you don't really know until way later but like after the first book so so tell me like what you've read the whole book first book like do you feel like you understand that scene very well no like i understand uh, it i understand it like i i i get know what happened <laughs> thank thank you <laughs> I, I i get what happened and i understand like you know that he that lose lose theron was tainted and like i i understand that he basically went insane um and 
just committed murder everywhere. Um, and I get that. I think the part that I not fully wrapped around is how he ties into the present of the story, like how Luz Theron ties into it now, which I think has to do with the fact that it's like time is a wheel and, you know, history can repeat itself and all this fun stuff. Um, and I think maybe I have, I have weird thoughts and maybe I shouldn't get into them yet, but I have weird thoughts on like the Rand situation in relation to Luz Theron and all okay. of that. That's fair. Uh, what? Who's the character that Luz Theron is interacting with? Do you, what? What are your thoughts on that that person? Is that not the dark one? I don't know. I, I do know actually, but I know um, you know. <laughs> You're just not going to spoil it for me. That um, was a test, and I passed. Oh, um, <laughs> that's what I assumed. Like I assumed that was the dark one. Okay, that's fair. There's a very good chance that I'm wrong. Well, that's fair. Uh, so, so that conclusion is is mm-hmm. extremely valid for the first book. I'll I'll just say that. Okay. It's extremely valid for a while, I think. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you're not you're not dumb to think that. I was just it, it's interesting to hear because uh, I'll be honest. The first time I read the series. I just almost like just forgot that 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 part existed because it it was it's so different. Like you you start with like a grand hall and there's murder and suicide and like Mm -hmm. talk of grand events and adversaries and a huge mountain and, uh, you know, madness. And then you go immediately to the opposite of you're just like with a shepherd and his Mm -hmm. dad walking down a dirt road into a little village like it's so incredibly different from each other that it it just seems impossible that the two stories would even be related right especially you know it's it's like thousands of years later and so I when I was a teenager I just didn't care about that part I I literally I just had you're no like, I don't, I don't know what this is about or why it's here, but it's here. Well, yeah, like the second time I read through, I was like, oh, this is really, it was, it was like reading it for the first time, really. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, so, so the fact that you're paying attention to it is a step above what I, what I did when I was a teenager. I feel like I had to pay attention to it. I feel like it sets up a lot of what the story is about. I didn't, I mean... So full disclosure, I listened to the prologue twice. I listened to it when I listened to the book. And then when I finished the book, I listened to it again. Um, oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, that gives better insight, I think. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I feel like it's important. No, it's 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 probably the most relevant prologue. You'll, you'll eventually see some of the prologues are like over 100 pages of a bunch of different like random characters, point mm-hmm. of views. It's mm-hmm. It's... They're very rambly at times. So yeah, the, it's it's very pertinent to the overall story. Absolutely. I just, I never paid attention to it when, when I was a teenager. And so it, it's cool to see, it, you know, you're actually thinking about it. I mean, as an adult, maybe I would have paid more attention, but yeah, it's, it's very relevant. 
And then, and then we move though to uh, to Emmons Field and and the you know to Rand. Yeah, yeah. So, how, how was that transition for you? Like, you 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 have like this huge mountain created, mm-hmm. and then and then Rand is just like hanging out. He's a teenager. He's awkward and stuff. <laughs> He's doing his doing his shepherding. Uh, it was weird. Like, I will say it was a weird transition because exactly what you said, you go from murder and suicide and, you know, corruption basically to they're pushing a cart into town and needing to unload this cart. And, uh, it, it, it's just a complete 180 in terms, not, not even just in terms of like scenery, but also in terms of the intensity and like the, um, just like the overall vibe that it invokes in you. And like, and, and the, like when I listened to the prologue, I was like, this is very dark and heavy and it was serious and it's it's almost like it, it flips to like an opening scene of a of a children's movie all of a sudden mm-hmm. right um so it was a really of. weird it was a really weird f- switch that kind of got flicked but um i do remember that when winter's night happened i it took me a second to like realize what was happening and i at first thought that this was happening roughly around the same time as the prologue and then later realized that i was wrong um so it maybe that's why it's like a little bit of a emotional sandwich when you think about it you have this really intense prologue and then a relatively calm opening chapter followed by another really intense situation. Yeah. I I think it's, uh, you know, he shows kind of his range of, of writing there to be able to go from, from grand halls and epic events to Mm -hmm. just the concerns of a farmer and, and like Rand goes, gets in there and like, he's talking to his friend and they're going to go like lose a badger on a bunch of like, you know, uh, (laughs) like town girls and you know like it's 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 humorous it's like do you really think Luz Theron cared about badgers right scaring people like it's totally different and it's kind of cool I like the very start of it actually really reminded me there's always this book that scared the heck out of me when I was a kid and I forget what it it, there's some it was like a a scary-ish book where the the kid has to go travel by himself to go get like to on an errand he has to go past this really scary tree you know, he's, and so he doesn't want to go past it. And it's about how he kind of overcomes his fear. Like he goes past it, he gets, he picks up the thing from his mom needed from some store or whatever. And then he goes back and he's, he's so scared and it's almost dark. And, you know, like there's this, just like this existential, just like this, this just terror of, of what's going on. And it, it almost reminded me of like, it, it's starting to get dark and everything, you know, on their way to Emmons Field, and mm-hmm. they they see someone that that just scares Rand to his marrow, and 
and like the same as the kid when he you know in that in the book that scared me when I was a kid like no one believed him that the, the tree was scary like they, they just like laughed like oh stupid kid like you're just seeing things or whatever right. and in that story that that's exactly what the kid was he was just a dumb kid who has <laughs> well he has valid he has valid concerns for that age and everything no you know no judgment exactly but like uh, you know, in that story, it, it was just about him overcoming his fear. In this one, it's like he's just like Rand is still young enough. No one really believes him uh, that he's seen what he has, and it turns out uh, other people have the same story, but no one's no one's believing that they he's seen what he has. And I I always thought that that was an interesting like that, that's what it feels like at the start, at least. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it feels it feels like it's Halloween almost. You know, yeah. The, you know, like like some some weird version, like some fantasy version of Halloween where things go totally wrong because you have all these crazy monsters coming, showing up that you didn't know existed, and mm-hmm. there's the I, dark. And... I will say it definitely gripped me when when they showed up, when all the Trollocs showed up. I was like, okay, like this is. Because, I mean, for, for me, it, it takes a little bit to get into a book. So for for it to happen in the first few chapters, in terms of me, you know, understanding that there's a lot going on, and, and not even necessarily, like, that all the action was starting, but you could just tell, like, that that whole thing really pushes the story forward. Like, you need that moment. Yeah, I, I think you're right. <clears throat> I think you're right. It's a, uh, I mean, gosh, it's so so interesting. Like he, so the original story, Robert Jordan wrote the the first few books mm-hmm. with the expectation that it would only be a six book series. Just wild, right? I, I mean, it, it like wildly unrealistic too. At some point mm-hmm. he, you can tell he's just like throws his arms in the air and he's just like, all right, we're just going to take as long as we need to. <laughs> and and it, it ended up being longer than he even had. Cause we, you know, we had Brandon Sanderson finish the last three uh, mm-hmm. or do write the last three, but uh, like it, it was, it, it's just an interesting thing to keep that in mind when you're reading the first couple books. Cause it, it's, this is supposed to be one sixth of the story. So like we have, we have like the Rand, the reveal that Rand is, you know, he's now concerned about his parentage. He doesn't know, you know, like Tam lets that loose right mm-hmm. off the bat. And like the, the whole winter's night really does set the scene for like the, the entire series of, you know, Rand goes through a lot of identity crisis, crises throughout mm-hmm. the, throughout, I mean, this book and others as well. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that. I guess not. I mean, I, I guess everyone goes through a certain, I, I think one of the strengths of this series is how people approach their identities. In mm-hmm. fact, because mm-hmm. they all start off like I, all the characters are just, they're what they are. You know, Rand's a shepherd, Perrin's a blacksmith, apprentice, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it goes on. Like all, all these characters are one dimensional in a way, like, you you can uh, kind of go into any village and be like, oh yeah, that's that's their Rand. Like this, oh there is there's that naive, you know. Right. 
but but what these characters are forced to become throughout the series is is kind of what the compelling thing is for me. I, I love all the character growth throughout it, and I think you see that to some degree, at least in the first book. You definitely see it in the first book. I think. I'm sure you do. I bet you have a, a better knowledge of uh, like, because w- when they get to the end of book one, I'm mm-hmm. still like, they still have a lot of becoming to do. Right. Like a lot of these characters have not, they've not, they haven't even crawled out of their shell all the way. Like they're. You see for me. So after the end of book one, I noticed it the most in Egwene. And then. Okay. A, like a, tiny bit of Perrin not really a lot but like a little bit he's starting Rand is Rand he is I feel like Matt kind of went backwards in book one he, he did actually yeah the he starts off like funny and full yeah. of life and Matt gave me massive Mary and Pippin vibes like anytime Matt was interacting with anybody in the story or talking at all, I was like, oh, it's Mary and Pippin. Like that, that was right. vibe. Yeah. Like not non-serious, just like kind of prankster do yeah. what you want kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then it was not. Uh, and I feel like Nynaeve didn't go anywhere. Interesting. Okay. And that's, that's a fair observations, I think. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I should be careful. I, I, I have been, I've been very surprised by how much I liked Nynaeve this reread. Like, I do like her. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I do like her. I just can also, I can see a very big stubborn streak in her. Well, and, and you'll see at later points in her arc. Mm-hmm. There, there are times that I, I've thought that she was the most annoying character in the entire series by far, by a huge margin. Interesting. And I'm interested to see if now that, I mean, it's been a few years since I've read it. So I'm, I'm interested to see now that I maybe I've matured a little bit and I see things more from, you know, that quote unquote grown up point of view that mm-hmm. may, maybe she's a more sympathetic character to, to what I'm experiencing now. I, I don't know. But I I did find that I enjoyed her character a lot more in in this, in book one. So you might change your mind on who annoys you when. Uh, Well, seriously, I I really might. Uh, One thing that I really noticed, too, is it's so interesting. Rand and Egwene's relationship, like they they presumably love each other, but... She just treats him like crap. And, and he's not <laughs> nice to her either. Like, they're no. just, they're, like, I, it's so fascinating. Like, they, they love each other. And yet there's like almost no textual evidence that they actually do other than they feel like they, they're like obligated to. That's almost what it feels like. It feels like kind of what you were saying earlier about the characters being one dimensional and you could go into whatever town and like, there's the Rand and there, it, it feels like that in their relationship. It's like, all right, well, there's, there's the guy I'm supposed to love. So I guess I'll do that, but not show mm-hmm. it or act it. Yeah. Like there, there's a couple instances, which I guess we're, we're, we're theoretically supposed to just be talking about, <laughs> about just, just winter's night, but, but like, 
when when I found out that you know they're supposed to like each other mm-hmm. and, and stuff, and yet the way she treats him, and she's like, oh man, and uh, you know, like <laughs> there, there's never any point where, and he's like all off balance, and he's he's, I'm like, you're gonna marry her, like, like who, why? Who cares? Well, it's like you don't even like each other. Why? Why would you even consider it? Uh, you know, but. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, actually, in the show, the the preview, you know, like the the teaser trailer, mm-hmm. or is it, or no, the Wine Spring Inn one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they talk about like there's a ceremony or something, and that that's not really part of. I, I don't know, like is is the ceremony or the whatever they're referencing is that like when she's allowed to become like start braiding her hair and be a woman, or is right. it referencing like maybe their betrothal is more formalized or something like? that it's different than in the books, mm-hmm. but maybe it, it kind of, you know, it'll add a new dimension to their relationship, at least in the show. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious what that would be because you could really take it so many different ways um, of whether it's, you know, the ceremony of where she'll start to braid her hair or something to do with Rand and their relationship or, like maybe they just have to speed up the character arcs in general. And maybe she already knows in, in the show, if she can channel or not. And the ceremony is Mm. made up entirely. I'm just making this up on the spot. So I could be completely wrong, but they're not, they're clearly not as backwoods in the show as as in the book. Cause like, for instance, that they didn't know to recognize Moraine as an Aes Sedai in the books. Right. Like no, no one had any idea until she started like throwing fireballs at Trollocs and stuff. Yeah. Like they, they just thought she was a fine lady. But the very first thing, the very first time she shows up in the, in the wine spring in, uh, they immediately call her Moraine Sedai, which they don't even, you know, the, she's not called that for a long time in, in the books. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so they're they're clearly more knowledgeable, at least on some levels. So they could just be speeding things up, maybe. Oh, well, and they have to do that to some degree. I'm I'm good with it. I want to see what I want to see is Tom Marilyn. I think we've seen a couple just small snapshots of him, but I want to see what he's like. Mm-hmm. He's he's a really interesting character in in the first book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um. Do you do you remember what you thought about Winter's Night when you read it? When I read it, oh, so I know it's been a it's been a minute for you. Yeah, so back in the day, I I mean my my attention in literature has changed quite a bit since way back then. Like back then, I I was very into a lot of these fantasy books that had a lot of really cool like fighting choreography, kind of the the fighting in general like it would always really interested me like skilled fighting so so like there's there's like the R.A. Salvador like Dark Elf trilogy like with Driz Dorden and everything where he uses twin scimitars he's super skilled and he has all these epic sword fights and stuff and so uh but that's what I looked for was like the action scenes like the fighting and stuff and so and the rest didn't interest me nearly as much now like now I look for the human interaction side of it and of course I mean I, I have my degree in English stuff so I'm always looking at literary you know elements i guess yeah so so you know my my focus has changed back then winter's night 
the whole book. So I loved, I loved that first part of it. It was very poetic and stuff uh, that, that I, they said before, you know, like there's neither a starter end to the, you know, uh, to the wheel of time, but this is a beginning, whatever. And I liked that. And then the rest of it, it was like entertaining. It was, you know, even though it it's plodding, he takes a long time to describe all this stuff. Like it was entertaining, but the book didn't really grip me at all until that moment that like, it's all just like this, there's like this weird tension for, for Rand and Tam in, mm-hmm. in their, you know, but he's like going to sit back and they're both just like trying to settle into a normal routine. And then the Trollocs show up. Oh yeah. Tam has his sword and Rand's like, Whoa, what's with the sword. And then, yeah. And, and then you're like, Oh, is there something going to happen? And then, and then the Trollocs come in and, and it just like, everything goes to hell. And it, it's, <laughs> and I was like, yes. Like that was when <laughs> I was just so excited. And then Rand wasn't this transcendent warrior, but like Tam had kind of hints of, you know, uh, of being able to do it. And then you get to the one part, uh, it, it's so interesting, the the time that Narg talks to, to Rand, like the child yeah. talks to Rand, like that's, that's a, you'll see a vanishingly rare occurrence that Trollocs actually interact with humans at all in, in any way, but like trying to murder them on sight. And so, yeah, it's... Um, it was quite an after after that I was just like oh man okay so there's gonna be action because I just my my whole I bet I, if they didn't have that one scene because it's a while then until there's more action really uh, you know they but if it wasn't for that one scene early on I wouldn't be surprised if I'd never just if I had just not finished the book because right th- there were several books that I tried when I was a kid the you know a teenager a kid uh, where I just. I was looking for a specific element. Like I wanted to see the cool fights and uh, like some of the really cool books that there were, you know, fantasy books back then that didn't, that took a long time to get to any kind of action. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just put them down. Cause who cares? Like, this isn't interesting because it wasn't what I was looking for. So right. yeah, that, that, so that was the start and finish for me. Like once, once we got to like, Oh, there's sword fights and, you're like, oh, you find out that Tam like maybe was a blade master, perhaps because it's a Heronmark blade, and you've got all this, you know, uh, and and then Rand. the The next part that I remember, which is a little past Winter's Night, the thing that I got excited for was then Land started to train everyone on how to use the weapons, and I was like, all right, that we're good. That this book's gonna be awesome. <laughs> you're like, I'm hooked. I'm in. Well, so you're missing out on so you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can't you can't read you can't read the book. There's there's a visual cue of of an element that might happen in each chapter at okay. the start of each chapter in the books. So so like for instance, there's like a little icon that signifies that's like it shows a trolloc, and you know oh. that if if a trolloc is at that in that chapter, then you know that there's probably going to be like fighting trollocs in it. Right. You know, or if there's like a, a flag of some sort, you know, it's going to be about, you know, that flag is relevant in some way. Right. So you kind of have a clue as to what to expect. Right. So I remember I used to like just kind of flip through and like I, I've never wanted to read ahead in books. I've never had that temptation, but I wanted to know in general, like, when's the next time I can expect Trollocs to show up? <laughs> so 
and that was yeah when I was physically reading them that was that was an element mm -hmm. so um yeah I, I think what did you think of winter's night like when so Rand gets you know Tam Tam gets Mm -hmm. uh you know hurt or or whatever and rand has this really long night of just like having to like the most stressful night probably anyone will have ever have frankly. right can reason can reasonably expect to have in their lives like he gets back to what did you expect to happen like rand oh. is getting to emmons field like what was your expectation for rand was he going to just get to the village and everything was going to be safe and happy like before winter's night, before the Trollocs showed up? No, like so Trollocs, after. Trollocs show up, Tam gets hurt, Rand yeah. takes him to, to Emmonsfield. Um, no, I don't think I had a happy, I mean, when, so when Narg showed up, that was where I was like, okay, this is intense and kind of scary. And I may have had a trollic nightmare that night um but <laughs> Yikes. I, I did not i did not expect him to go and like everything to be happy i figured that whatever this army was of trollocs and murdrals and everything i i assumed that it was following him and maybe I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Narg did speak to him and said that, like, um, you know, they wanted to speak with Rand and for Rand to come with him. And that, to me, really highlighted the fact that there's something important about Rand. Like, there is. Mm. And that that, to me, right away told me, like, this entire story anytime we're with Rand, there's probably going to be trouble around the corner that's fair that that's a really good observation actually like you you see you see this bad guy who probably doesn't have that much knowledge but he knows enough to know that that Rand is important mm -hmm. like that that's actually great I don't know if I ever picked up on that when I especially my first read through um and, and then after after you read through the first time then you know whether or not he's important but but you're right. Like the book is literally just telling you, like, hey, e even this low level minion knows that you're important. You know? Right. I, and I don't know. Maybe that's a misdirect, but I don't think it is. That's fair. I, I'm really trying not to not to <clears throat> tell you exactly what, how it's how it all plays <laughs> out. But uh, I mean, but then but then you see like the trailers for the show, and it's like one of you can stop the dark one or face the dark one, and it's like. I mean, may maybe it's Rand, maybe it's someone else, but clearly, clearly, like there's an emphasis on like one of them is incredibly important. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and who's the point of view character for for the first book? Like, like eighty percent of it. The main character is Rand. Yeah. You know, like the first book, main character is Rand. So, you know, what conclusion can you draw? Who knows? But right. I mean, it's pushing you towards a certain. It pushed me towards a specific mm -hmm. conclusion. So, which is what's that? I was gonna say, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. One of my favorite uh, book series is the Black Prism by uh, 
what Brent Weeks, I believe is his name, Brent Weeks, something like that. And he, <clears throat> the, the very first, uh, one of my, I didn't realize that I was going to enjoy the series actually the first time I listened to, or I read, I, I listened to, to that series, but excuse, hold on, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I didn't realize I like, uh, but early on, I, it, it's like such a, he, he thumbs his nose at that interaction of like, you know, early on that Rand isn't going to be important. Like in that book series, like he, there's a guy who's talking to the main character and he's like, do you ever get the sense that you're special, that you're like better than everyone, that you're destined for greater things. And the kid's like, yes, I, I do feel like that. And he's like, well, that's because you're a cocky little, you know, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Knocks him down a few pegs. Yeah, like it just totally subverts, you know. But I mean, obviously we're not talking about that, but <clears throat> like this this call to to a greater being kind of like to being better than than what you know Ren's a shepherd and and Narg's like you're not going to be a shepherd forever like that's you're called to greater things mm-hmm. at least my my master thinks so you know like we're putting extras we're putting extra faith in you like we're not you're not just some dumb shepherd right um and so you know, it's fun to see the subversion of that in other in other books, but this this is kind of written. I mean, there's a lot of parallels here too, as well to to you know what Tolkien does mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just very it's very interesting to me to see how a char- how characters are introduced, especially kind of on the greater timeline of fantasy novels written. Um, yeah. So I'm sure we could talk about more about that throughout the, throughout the podcast. Yeah. But um, why don't we do like one last segment and then call it good? Yeah. What are you, what are you thinking? Well, we were thinking of maybe doing the most annoying character in this segment, in this, this part. Um, And I think we should be more specific. What's the most annoying character that isn't in the prologue. Okay. So just, just be, because that, that then we'll have the same frame of reference of like. Okay. Because uh, the the first character, the first guy, uh, the guy talking to Luz Theron is kind of a you know, he's not a nice, he's not a pleasant person. He's yeah. He's um, a crap talker. <laughs> Do you want the most annoying character? specifically in winter's night or in the first book in general no just winter's night i think just that one segment like who who really if, if anyone i mean you, you have to choose someone but who's the most I annoying i don't know if i can choose someone can i say narg can i say that he's annoying just because no, i don't like not... the trollic <laughs> no he's not annoying you're like oh. it, 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 like like He's not like your little brother just like kicking the door 80 million times in a row, you know? Like he he's he's a he's a danger. He's a he's worrisome. He's not annoying. I don't know if I could define any of them as annoying specifically. What about that little kid who's talking to Rand and Matt? I mean, 
Like, like that's just like a like a one-off character. I know. Or Sen Bui, who's like an unreasonable a-hole to everyone. Yeah, actually, that's true. Or and, <clears throat> like I feel like you can't like Rand's not annoying in no, this he's not. point, and neither's Tam. Matt briefly shows up and is all Merry right. and Pippin-esque, so he's not really no, he's not annoying. You have to choose someone, Sarah. I can't say Narg. We've covered this. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe it would have to be Sam Wooie because of his attitude. Who? Sam Bowie? Mm-hmm. Did you just call him Sam? No, San. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Oh yeah, he he's he's just kind of a disrespectful. Yeah, I just codger. Sure. Right. Yeah. I I I feel like annoying might be the wrong term in general right now. Who's the most unlikable character? Not Narg. Because <laughs> you you knew you knew I was going to say that. Well, it's uh, an easy way out. You gotta. It's not an easy way out. You could like the bad guy. Uh, um. Oh yeah, I it's still Sam Bowie. Okay, well that's an easy. But way no out one, too. no one's, no one's really proven to be unlikable yet. No. You could say Matt because Matt comes across as just a filler character. Okay. Um, I don't like Egwene at all. Yeah. She's- She's just a brat, and she she's like this know-it-all brat, and at, at no point, yeah, she she annoyed me at the start because she, she's just <laughs> like like Rand's just trying to have an honest interaction with her, and you know she's just like I'm I'm a grown up, I'm so cool, I'm I'm way better than you, and I don't actually like you, but we're engaged, so I like you, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Just want to. Yeah. See, I'm biased because I really like Egwene. So, well, you liked her right up right away. Like you liked how no. she treated Rand. No, I didn't like her right away. Mm, okay. But I didn't dislike her either. Okay. Well, that's you pick Sin Bowie. That's fine. I'll I'll choose a good. I have a good answer at least. So that's good. My real answer is Narg. <laughs> but i'm not allowed to pick him <laughs> that's fair all right so anything any last words of wisdom for our listeners words of wisdom okay drawing a blank. no that's fine i'm totally drawing a blank me too so thank you everyone for listening we're excited but that being said yeah thank you all for listening and may you always find water and shade